1: Yup and welcome back. Welcome back me. Welcome back you. Welcome back to Talkin' Knicks. We have a special episode today. We are covering two decades of Knicks basketball. Oh, he shoots himself in the face. Um, no, this we, we started out the end of the end of the year. We had three games this week. The Knicks go one and two. We're playing competitive basketball. We're happy with Mike Miller. Uh, the Golden Globes are on, we'll probably talk about that, uh, we'll talk about me getting my teeth removed, and if I pass out during this, Greg, you take the reins, speaking of that, I am joined by Greg Poon, Big Baby David, let's talk Nicks. Welcome back to Talking Nicks. happy New Year's, guys, um, I saw everyone going back and forth on the internet. Is it not New Year's with an S? Are people really mad about that? Or do I need to just unfollow accounts? Or what was that?
2: I think it's New Year's with an apostrophe S.
1: Okay, so it's an apostrophe thing. All right, well, happy New Year apostrophe S to everyone. Um, Good to be back, boys. I think this is my first podcast of 2020. I've, I've taken a little bit of a break and... As a normal 30-year-old does, I had my wisdom teeth removed on January 2nd. Uh, so that was a good time. It was actually pretty hilarious. They, they scheduled a two-hour appointment, and I didn't know that. So I walk in, and I'm like, I'm kind of dreading this. I'm 30 years old. I shouldn't have my wisdom teeth being removed. Um, and they go, all right, it's going to be two hours. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because they weren't knocking me out? They were just giving me laughing gas Ooh. and numbing me up, so I was like, "I got to be conscious for two hours while this dude's in my mouth." Back to college, um, <laughs> and <laughs> we we get in there. The first the first twenty minutes is me signing a waiver that, like, if they kill me, it's cool. Which that's bullshit. <laughs> um, like, no, uh, I, I, you're not okay with that. Yeah. The next the next five minutes were them explaining what's gonna happen. They go anesthesia, numb me. It took two minutes to yank the teeth. I was done. I was in and out in 30 minutes. Um, I asked if I like, fainted or anything. They were like, no, that was super easy. So that was cool. The next day kind of sucked. Um, big fan of Advil right now, and I can talk again. So happy New Year's to me. Greggy Poon, GP3, how you doing? How was your New Year's?
2: Happy New Year's to you. Uh, uh, I had a good New Year's. I went to Brooklyn, hung out with my friends from college. Nice. Uh, it was a good time. Fun. Fun was had. I got my wisdom teeth out a few years ago. Uh, they knocked me out, though. Yeah, Dr. right? Dr. McNeish did it. I yeah. Think. Guy. He, did
1: a, he did a couple of mine, but I guess not all of them. It was really bizarre, but... How are you? How's your Knicks life, Greg? Are you are you in a happy state? Like we can watch kind of basketball games now when we want.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it comes and goes. We we this week we we won a basketball game. We look like a real basketball team, and then we were competitive in two others. So it's it's up and down. As as okay. I mentioned to you earlier, I I had been hosting in your absence while you were traveling the world to California right. and skiing every every day apparently. Uh, yeah. And I had I had strayed, and I had tried to push everyone away from talking Knicks generally, and just seeing what they were. Just talk about life and things that entertain me. So we'll we'll see where <laughs> I, we'll see if I can I can push you over the edge as well <laughs> while you it's host. <laughs> 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 it's turned
1: it's turned into a lifestyle podcast. I kind of like that. And I was with that when David Fisdale was still the head coach, and I, I pulled a, a Jakey Superstat that you'll hear later in the episode. Jakey Superstat. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and speaking of Superstats, Big Baby David, the BBD, how are you doing? As I know we talked a little before the show. You had some eventful things happen. I don't know what you want to dive into. Uh, how, how are you doing or how are you not doing?
0: I'm just doing okay. You weren't uh, here when I said that last week, and I'm so proud of it. Nice. Um, uh, you know, not not too bad. Got a parking, or er, not parking ticket, uh, a speeding ticket this week. Uh, so that was no good. Um,
1: first one, right?
0: Yeah, first time getting pulled over, cried a bit. Nice. Um, so they took, they took it a little easy on me. So had to, to mail in like 150 bucks today after whatever fees and shit. Yeah. Uh so that that part's no good. Stings a little. But uh other than that, fun new year, got together with my college friends. Um Yeah.
1: Perfect. And your your Nick's life is pretty good or
2: what?
0: They're definitely playing basketball, which I haven't always been able to say. Yeah. 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 So
2: that's We're that's kinda nice. It was unrecognizable at some points. <laughs> it, now it really it, was. It's definitely <laughs> basketball now. Yeah, oh yeah, I, uh,
0: they've got basketball and the <laughs> other stuff uh, too. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, again, I mean, wait—you're gonna want to hear Jakey Superstat later. Um, and let's let's get the Knicks stuff out of the way so we can start talking Golden Globes or or maybe more about my teeth removal. Um, we had three games this week, fellas. Um, we played the Portland Trailblazers. We beat. We like blew them out. Um, one seventeen to ninety-three in the garden. Mellow's return. That was pretty fun. Uh, Julius Randle has a has a big game. Oh my god, I, I can't wait to talk about the Julius Randle <laughs> Kawhi comparison that we tweeted out later. That killed me. Um But guys, this was fun. Like the Knicks the Knicks were kind of you know, they were winning this game, they were up a couple points, and you were almost expecting either Mello to go nut job. Uh, I mean we should say uh or, no, excuse me. Um, you know, Lillard, McCollum. You're expecting one of them to go off and kinda have that Knicks switch <laughs> that we've been accustomed to the past few years. But no, the Knicks actually run away with it. They win the four thirty four to sixteen. Julius Randle twenty two and thirteen, Marcus Morris eighteen and seven um off the bench we've got big games from Bobby Portis and double elevens mitchell robinson eleven eleven from the field for twenty two um big baby david what uh what were your what were your thoughts what were your takeaways from this game
0: uh mitchell robinson was was my main takeaway uh didn't miss a shot eleven of eleven i think all of them or almost all of them were dunks uh and like a couple layups uh, which is you know what he's supposed to make, uh, but they were a lot of fun and the dunks were rather ferocious, vivacious. That was Frank.
2: Super scintillating, sensational. Yes. What what was uh, what was Mitch Robb's
1: thing after the game or was it before the game that he's like, yeah, we scrimmaged and we lost, but but so then I just turned it on. What what did he say? It was uh, nothing I don't think like I ever that.
0: Caught the full quote. It was, I did It was. I didn't catch it was, that either.
1: It was nothing like that quote, but it was also like, hey, man, if you, if you have that on switch, just go get it. Um, but, yeah, Mitch, Mitch was pretty awesome in this game. Frankie with 10 helpers, too. I left that out of plus 23. Um, Greggy, who, who, who jumped out for you, bud?
2: There's a, there's a few things jumping out of me, like you just mentioned. Frank, uh, 23 minutes, 9 points, 10 assists, 3 rebounds, just doing it all, zero turnovers. And um, he had a dunk which was good. Um, he just blew right past C.J. McCollum and dunked it during that fourth quarter when we were blowing him, starting to run away with it. And that was really the, the exclamation point. Then earlier in that, I think there was, a, there was a point when we were up five or six and he just kind of semi transition I mean, everybody was moving back. We weren't we were on a fast break and he just like swaggily pulled up for three, a little deep, and he hit that, which was you just don't see him doing that. And he was playing with a lot of confidence. He looked great.
1: Did you call huh. that Frank's swaggiest shot ever?
2: It was, and then wow. he it later. I mean, not a lot of competition, but that was swaggy yeah it was it was it was one of those shots where if he missed it, everyone'd been like, what what are you doing?" <laughs> Frank tried that <laughs> and he missed it. Ugh. <laughs> that was one of those shots that you just have to make if you're going to take it, and he did uh, and then a couple like two o- minutes later the dunk. And two minutes later, the dunk. A couple other things. Marcus Morris, I think he started this game 0 for, 0 for the first half. I think it was like 0 for 7. He came back. Uh, I think he put up 15 or something in the third quarter. So then you felt pretty good going into the fourth quarter. The Knicks were still only a single digit lead at that point. Um, felt good, though. And then you were like trying to, you, you assumed we were just going to try to wait, tread water during the minutes while Marcus Morris was on the bench. But then they just blew him out during that time in the fourth quarter, and then we, we, we won. We won the basketball game. And lastly. And no, you go ahead.
1: I was going to say, did I bury the lead here? Was this the return of Reggie Bullock, or was that uh, before that?
2: I'm trying to figure that out as well. I, no, I think, think, this, the, the this, think was this was the debut. This was it. That's who I was going to mention as well. Reggie Bullock just came back three for five from three, just looked good, looked like a basketball player, and both ends just can shoot a jump shot. Can play defense. And we 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 immediately said, "Wow, this guy's good and he's on a good deal because he was injured."
1: Yeah, are we I I know we were running hot because this was what New Year's Day um we we played well. Reggie Bullock looked good. Um I think we had some fake MVP discussion in our Knicks chat. Um I guess to, let, let's save the full Reggie Bullock conversation. But I, I know, you know, three games in, he's he's looked like a competent basketball player, which, again, we I still have this trouble with this Fizzdale what basketball looked like with Fizdale and what we're looking at now. But, uh, yeah, Reggie Bullock under under the good contract is is a really interesting thing with the trade deadline approaching, which will be a big topic. Uh, as the season goes and when we talk about uh, what Marcus Morris <laughs> did to the Clippers in a little bit uh, But it was good it was good to see Reggie Bullock on the court and And I think we were kind of scared because we had Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington kind of in the same bucket coming into the season And we've been so poisoned <laughs> by what we've seen from Wayne Ellington that I think when Reggie Bullock came back we were kind of like ah, Okay, but he's looked <laughs> solid
0: He's a real basketball player. And, yeah. like, Wayne Ellington, by contrast, has just been a, a chucker the whole time we see him. And, and, like, he tries. The effort's there, so that's good. Which, you know, has not always been a thing you could say about the Knicks is that they're all trying. Uh, so Wayne Ellington has tried, but he just looked bad anytime he tried to do anything where Bullock just comes back from this... <laughs> Injury that, like, was kind of career-threatening or season-threatening and is already, like, one of our six best players.
2: And it's, it's very funny that we're all on the same page where we're like, okay, we signed two shooters, Ellington and Bullock. Bullock. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah. El- Ellington's been terrible, so we have to assume Bullock will be terrible as well. But now he's back and he's pleasant. Great. Bullock. I think he's. I think he's healthier than Ellington right now. I guess Ellington's back, but who knows? Should we try to figure out how to say his name? It's. It's Bullock. Is that right, everybody?
1: Bullock. I'm not sure. Like that was a huge thing, and I. I'm one of those guys. I get more confused the more I hear the
0: right answer.
2: Yeah. So I know Mike Breen said something about the pronunciation guide that changed it, and I feel like they were all it, saying Bullock. It used
0: but. to be Bullock, and at some point. Change on the pronunciation guide to Balak, but I just can't get my mouth to say Balak easily because it just sounds like a weird name.
1: I I think I'm gonna try to remember by using the Key and peel skit skit where he calls Blake block-ay. Mm. I I that think helps. that's what I'm going with <laughs> that's
0: um Perfect. Yeah, Someone it, tweeted a picture of or a video of uh, of him getting a steal or a block or something mm-hmm. today, and uh, they
2: said block down defense. So that kind of helps a little bit.
1: Okay. All right. That's pretty cool. All right. um, and if you
2: if you mispronounce it, you have to put $5 in the jar from yeah. for the rest of the season. $5. Let's, let's not tell Kenny and Tom.
1: 10 ooh, 10 push-ups. Um okay, yeah. I mean, what is there anything else you guys need? I guess we should do a little bit on Mello. Mello comes back <laughs> he played pretty good. Uh 26 and 7, 11 of 17 from the field. Um I don't know, man. I'm, I'm in this whole. I was never I liked Mello when he was on the Knicks, obviously, because like we've talked about, the Knicks have been brainwashed and Melo's a really good basketball player. I have now turned into this almost mellow defender um, as as the world has slowly turned against him. Um, it was good to see Mello in the garden. I, I guess there's good memories there still for me. Uh, was it the same for you guys?
2: Love Mello. Always good memory seeing him. And he was dominant for the most part. I mean, as dominant as you can be in a in a loss, which I guess is, is what we were yeah. accustomed to. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Tw- 26 on efficient numbers, 11 for 17. He was just bullying people, whoever was guarding him. He was just backing them down and doing whatever. And uh, I know Breen mentioned it. He had his trademark, zero assists.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Seven boards. Kinda the only come... guy that showed up for them.
2: Yeah. We didn't we didn't come to see Carmelo pass it.
0: <laughs> yeah, my yeah, my we... memories of Melo are good. Uh you know best player I get to watch consistently ever. Uh so that in and of itself is good. You think about it, the Knicks made the playoffs a few times and hovered right around five hundred every year, uh, and average out to about there every year that he like fully played, so uh, besides the couple really bad years, I guess. So it doesn't sound good, but then you think about what the rest of this millennium has been, and that's like far and away the best part of this uh, 20-year stretch for the Knicks. So, millennium.
1: Millenniums, decades, talking years on this podcast. Trailblazers might have had a little bit of the New York flu now that I'm looking at the box score a little bit. Dame had a pretty rough game. Uh, McCollum... Also kind of rough. Eh, I'll give credit to
2: the defense. Sure, why not? Um, you know what? We mentioned uh, on the last pod when we were doing our predictions that they would probably be at 1 Oak Yeah, celebrating right? yeah. the new year. No, we assume that came true.
1: How about that? Um, so we we take down the jailblazers. Blazers. Remember that? That was a fun team. Um Sometimes. We go, and we go to beautiful Phoenix to play the Suns in, in what was a uh, a tight game for a little bit. Phoenix pulls away at the end. Knicks, actually, I mean, Knicks had a nice first quarter, 37 points. Phoenix chips away at it. They, they kind of dominated the second half a little bit um Bobby Portis this was a a Bobby Portis game I know uh our guy Macri he was tweeting like hey is this game just a Bobby Portis exhibition and he's like no Bobby Portis just shoots babe um Alfred Payton's out there doing 15 and 6 25 for Marcus Morris because all he's done has get buckets this entire season which um I don't know shouldn't surprise me anymore uh, Kelly Oubre, a lot of Aaron Baines threes. Devin Booker with a casual thirty-eight. Uh, Greg, your Phoenix Suns
2: thoughts? Um, we so we were winning by ten or whatever at halftime, and so it all it all felt good. We we had we'd won three in a row, I believe. So we were all like, "Damn, we, we're three in three in a row, and we're playing Phoenix, who has not been doing well recently." We all feel good about ourselves. We're up ten at halftime, and then I think the Suns started the second half one to ten o run which was t- tough to to watch because yeah. it yeah fortunately you we were winning by 10 when it happened but you know didn't didn't go as we wanted it to missed a lot of free throws Nick shot 20 for 30 from the three-throw line that's uh not good and it it hurt them Alfred Payton was good throughout the whole game and then he did a couple not smart things toward the end of the game when the the game was getting out of reach toward the end of the game it was also just a three-point shooting contest it was, it was it was fun to watch until the Knicks started missing
0: yeah the Knicks let the other team
2: win that contest so then it got a lot less fun yeah and Aaron Baines was participating for the Suns successfully that, that really hurt us Dude, uh, he
1: like yeah. he bangs threes now. He's got like full permission, and I think he's shooting really well on the year. He ended up two for eight, but I think he missed his last couple. But it was <laughs> there was there was three possessions in a row that I think ended in Aaron Bane's threes, and it was like, is this really what we want NBA basketball <laughs> to look like? Yeah. And on was, the
0: year, he's thirty six percent on four attempts a game. That's hey. pretty
2: good. That's pretty yeah. good for a center. Imagine if Mitch did that. And that was one of the things. Mitch was kind of getting pulled out by him, and he wasn't really respecting it. So, uh, Baines' two threes that he made were were open, but I assume the six that he missed were also open. So, you just play the percentages at some point and just play. I mean, when I play pickup basketball, I just play. Hopefully, he misses defense, and that's what Mitch was doing.
1: At some point, they got him.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's just math. It's
1: just (laughs) That's just straight math. Uh, Rubio, our guy, 10 helpers for them. Um, trying to think what else jumps out from this game. Balake, uh, his second game, he goes for nine points. Um, R.J. Barrett, he was in a little bit of a funk. He finishes this game three for 10. What was he in the other game? Because I feel like there was, there. yeah, he was three for 12 the game before that. So R.J. Barrett was going into a little slump. Are you are you guys on any R.J. Barrett worried front, or do we think, like, I, for the rest of the season, R.J. Barrett's going to have days when the ball doesn't go in the bucket?
2: Yeah, I mean, you want him to be a more consistent shooter is my main mm-hmm. concern. It's not a concern so much as it is you should practice that more and get better at uh, it.
0: Especially for the positions he plays. But he did, uh, and we'll get into it, he did bounce back in a big way against the Clippers, so it helps feel a little better about the – the two particularly bad games this time. He did have, uh, in the Suns game, he did have that really cool finish um, where you, like, back down, Booker, spun, and it was kind of like back facing the basket, finger rolled it, and then it went in. So I enjoyed, and, and I enjoyed watching that. Yeah, that, that was what the and one play.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, 13 minutes for Kobo for the Suns, so that's always a treat. Um, yeah, I, I think we can kind of move on. It, it does suck that we did have the lead and then uh, let the Suns back in and they win this game. Kelly Ubrek, uh like he might win most improved player or something. He looks incredible, good for him. Um, and, yeah, Knicks go 10 of 37. Uh, Suns go 10 of 28 from three. You could say that's the difference. Uh, Like Greg mentioned, the free throws, and I think that transitions us into the next game just because you felt Mike Breen's soul leave his body for a second uh, when Frank missed his (laughs) and one free throw that would have made it a one-possession game at the end, and he just goes, how many times this year have I said if they make this free throw, (laughs) it's a ball game? and they just don't do it. And uh, I, I feel for you, Mike. I, uh, I, I owe you a hug because you've watched, God, you've watched so much Knicks basketball, man, um, on live TV nonetheless. I, I can't imagine what I would have said in front of that microphone. But uh, we go to the L.A. Clippers, and I mentioned maybe Big First Quarters is becoming a thing a little bit. 37 in Phoenix, 45 in the first Against the L.A. Clippers, um, hello. How's your burger? They counter back with 47 in the second of their own. Uh, Knicks try to tighten it up down the stretch. They actually win the fourth quarter, 32 to 21. Win the fourth quarter is a really lame phrase that I don't say in real life, but I mention in the podcast a lot. So I just I want that to be known. But I think it's a good way to dis- I think it's a good way to discuss it. Uh, the Knicks fight back a little bit at the end of this game. Uh, And a lot of those were due to Marcus Morris miracle shots at the end. He goes for a 38 burger, um, for a team that is supposedly very interested in Marcus Morris. So there's some, there's some good Nick stuff that we don't normally get to say. Like BBD says RJ Barrett bounces back 24 points, uh, six boards, no assists. Don't love that. But uh, one thing at a time here, nine of 11 from the free throw line. Maybe that's the bigger thing for him. Um, and yeah, I mean the Clippers uh, not bearing the lead. Lou Williams couldn't be stopped down this down the stretch at the end. They have three guys go for thirty plus points. Uh, that's not good, uh, as they say in basketball terms. Um, boys, this this one was kind of fun down the stretch, and uh, we walk away saying, "Hey, Marcus Morris looked really good in front of the Clippers slash all season." Is is that the takeaway, BBD?
0: I think that's that's got to be the main one. Um... Just because it is a career high 38 points for Marcus Morris. Uh, six of seven from three, showing off that that's like the thing he got really good at this year. That's um, yeah, got to be made to the main takeaway there. The Clippers have been the team most connected to Marcus Morris as well. So that storyline is always fun when uh, a guy performs against a team that uh, might be trading for them. Oh, wow. I
1: think we lost Greg, we lost and I just took a bite of a cookie. So that's that's a little behind the scene podcasting. Um, yeah, I mean that's
0: that's the question I fed you. So you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, they, um, I guess circling a little bit the, on RJ Barrett's line, and RJ was the other standout part. He had zero assists, but he had a couple plays that like could have been called assists. He had one like really sick pass to Randall driving to the hoop but randall kind of like dropped it on the way and like dribbled it two more times and then laid it up but like it was a pretty cool pass i tweeted it um so yeah um, i think there were a couple of those so that messes with that line a little bit but uh everything else with him really good especially yeah especially the in the first quarter his numbers were absurd
1: right i mean i didn't i didn't mean it as a a low blow for barrett I, i think it it it's funny it's just funny going through the box score at the end and seeing um you know what what ends up jumping out after the fact just staring at the numbers um uh, but good for him shooting wise he bounces back after after we just did that whole spiel um mitch rob four or five from the field uh but only twenty two minutes eight points that's something I don't know if we're ready for the kevin Knox conversation uh and again mark your timers i think that was 23 minutes. Uh, the first mention of Kevin Knox. So that's that. That seems like something that'll be a conversation later. Uh, Julius Randall. Uh, did did you tweet that out? BBD the Julius randle Kawhi player comparison. Oh uh, the Kawhi
0: thing. Yeah. Well, so that was. I happened to be on the uh, like league pass stream early in this one. So the uh, and like the Cl- So it was like the Clippers scoreboard that they were like showing. And they put up that comparison of Randall and Kawhi. I'm not sure why they did that, because like I know, Kawhi wasn't playing in this game, and like just the numbers they put up didn't make Kawhi look good. But uh, they sh- they uh, they called the slide tail of the tape, and they showed just points, rebounds, and assists per game. It's uh, Randall has 15.7 points to Kawhi's 18. And then in the other two stats, Randall leads, he leads rebounds nine to six and uh three to two and a half, basically. And it's just like a dream off season, baby. Better than Kawhi yeah. just about everything. Only one basket worse than Kawhi Leonard.
1: We got everyone we wanted. Um yeah, that uh that got me pretty good. And and yeah, it it is funny, again, just box scoring it right now. Um, The free throws, as Mike Breen mentioned, as his soul left his body. Knicks go 24 of 37, uh, 65% rounding up. Uh, The Clippers, they're a professional team. They go 27 of 33, 82% rounding up. Uh, You Mm -hmm. could point to that being the differential. Both teams shoot over 50% from three. Uh, The Clippers took a few more. Knicks shot 57% from the field. This was a high-scoring game. We landed at 135-132. But you kind of have to be happy with the Knicks' offense, and I I think it's been kind of the reoccurring theme for a little bit slash uh, a little bit of a theme going forward is that this was a competitive game uh, again, it goes back to my theory from a few weeks ago. If you took the best player off everybody else's <laughs> basketball team, would the Knicks compete with them? And, hey, at least now they are. Kawhi sat this one out. Uh, Paul George, seven turnovers. Suck on that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Real early. Oh, and and my my only on-court complaint, which maybe I'm zooming in too much. Maybe I'm not zooming in enough. Um. At the end there, there was a bucket by Lou Williams. He gets switched on to by Randall. He even loses his dribble for a little bit, but he gets right around Randall, gets a bucket, and that was that was the Knicks. If they got a stop there, I think it would have been their first chance to have the ball in a one-possession game. Lou Williams gets that bucket, and it's, I don't know, it's pretty deflating, and it kind of yeah. ended the game.
0: That was the one that it felt like just game over how we let him get that to get away with uh with like several almost mistakes in a row there but Williams just turns it on and off so fast
1: he's awesome man he's 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 how old is Lou Williams here's a fun game how old is Lou Williams David
0: uh is he 31 I feel like he's either way older or younger than I would think
1: so he's 33. I, I thought he was going to be 34 or 35, but it's his 14th season in the league. He was one of the last Jeez. high school dudes, but he just gets buckets, man. Uh, 19.2 points per game. That's 31st in the NBA, which, um, hey, I mean, do with that what you want, but it's still pretty incredible for Lou Will. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the week in Knicks basketball. BBD, let's – uh. Let's get to some topics and I I mean I'll kick off to you first. I mean we we've got some some good and the bad. We had the dominant Mitch Rob game if we want to do a little thing about that. As always it feels like when I'm hosting Kevin Knox kind of disappeared this week. Um and again it's kind of a shoulder shrug, but I feel like that should be more impactful. Um Marcus Morris going off, what do you want?
0: Uh let's 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 just start with Kevin Knox. Start with the the, the bad and maybe okay, get it out of the way. Somewhat happy, um, yeah. I mean, this guy pretty often doesn't look like he knows how to play basketball. Just that's my take.
1: Yeah, that's that's the full take. I mean his his stats on the year now, and I okay. How about this, PBD? I I casually mentioned that Lou Williams is averaging. Almost 20 points per game, 31st in the NBA. I open young Kevin Knox's page. I mean, he's averaging 7.7. I know I know those aren't everything. I know uh, our own Tommy Piccolo would, would get mad at me for this. But, I, again, I'm, I'm just worried. Um, this is supposed to be <laughs> – I mean, basically it's been our our most recent draft picks are the most important guys on the team. We got R.J. Barrett. His development is the most important after him it should be Kevin Knox and it just does not feel that way right now um and I know we've had all these talks about you know Marcus Morris getting traded I mean there's a lot of Knicks fans that don't want that because he's been balling out for us and I kind of get it like I kind of get it you want to see that dude on the court I understand um in theory if he can net us back um, something important, which I know we've had some jokes about and we'll, we'll have to deep dive. I don't know if it'll be a side up at some point is like, what can we actually get for Marcus Morris? Um, cause it's all over the board. I mean, we talked about who was the point guard that said he was coming back this week. Darren Collison. Was that who it was?
0: Yeah. He's looking to, to come back. Sounds yeah. Like and I a, mean, almost certainly Lakers, but he interested in any contender.
1: Yeah, I think I think I, instantly it was Lakers and Clippers. I think that was the first tweet. But and I mean, well, we're talking about the Clippers that could potentially want him, which I know they play different positions. But it's also this age of basketball where you just need dudes who are ball players and can get buckets. That's how Toronto won the NBA title. Um, I I don't know. I like I'm looking at his last five games now. He hasn't played twenty minutes in any of them. Um, his high point total is six. I don't know I, I I've kind stretch. of I've yeah, right like I I've been a little bit on the nervous nervous about Kevin Knox all season and I I feel like there was a couple games there was a couple games early, mid to late December. he goes Eight. for 10 against Denver, 17 against Atlanta, 10 at Miami, 19 against the Bucks. Other than that, I mean, there there has not been a lot of stretches besides the first couple games of the year where Kevin Knox has been a real part of this offense.
0: Yeah, he he gave us those good like first couple weeks, and then he put together a good week, you know, two weeks ago. That yeah, you know, I, I completely blacked out. Um, don't recall him playing well at any point, but I guess he he had those four games in a row with good point totals and. And all that, and those are kind of saving his season numbers because, like, I'm just looking at the season comparisons, and he's only like five points less in 10 minutes, uh, fewer per game, uh, but he's three point shooting is up uh, a percent, and his like effective field goal rate is uh, is up like four percent. So like overall, I think it's just because of those couple stretches. Uh, not that I've done the deep dive. But those are saving a season. Where other than that, he's been just, just bad. So I, yeah, I, don't I know mean, what my right, greater point there is, but <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right now I've, right now I've got the monthly totals in front of me, and I mean, in November he's av- he averaged six point two points and two and a half rebounds over uh, nineteen minutes. In December, eight point one points, three rebounds over twenty point four minutes. In this month, um, I mean, we're we're talking three games, fifteen minutes per game, four points, uh, five and a half boards. Good for you, Kevin. Um, but I don't know. Again, this is the guy that is supposed to be the second most important asset on this team currently. A guy that coming into the season, we were hoping would take a step and show, you know, maybe potential All Star future. And right now. Uh I don't think I don't think we can say much. Again, I think we've been fingers crossed all years that we do make a couple trades at the deadline. Kevin Knox starts getting, you know, 28 minutes a game and getting 10 shots up and maybe that'll happen. Um and maybe mm-hmm. he's learning. I think did he I think he had the New Year's tweet that he was like get ready for the new years or something like that. So that's huge. He,
0: he definitely tweeted something. Don't remember his exact verbiage, but he tweeted something like that. So that's uh, huge. yeah, I mean, we had talked a lot in the preseason and in that like season preview episode about how like Kevin Knox, I think I called him like if you can unlock Kevin Knox, that opens up a ton of optimism for the future of the franchise. And that hasn't happened yet, but uh, but like you you alluded to, we move a couple of guys. We have you know, a glut at the three and four positions, I guess, so you move a few of them. he opens up some more minutes. He knows what his role is actually supposed to be. And maybe he looks a little more like he did during during t- parts of last season. You know, he did get Rookie of the Month one time last year, which is
1: something. Right. No, I mean, it's something. And I, I think let's let's start spinning this positively. into It's to our guy, Mitchell Robinson, who, you know, Mitch Robb, he, he's averaging 10.5 and 7 on the year, 9th uh, in PER if you're into uh, a skewed big man stat, which we are right now. So good job, Mitch Rob. Um, but at least Mitch Rob when he throws out like his past two games, it you know, eight eight two and one nine seven and three. But that game against Portland, he gives us twenty two and eight, and he was just a physical monster. And it's like yes, like we can point mm-hmm. to that game and say there will be more of this in the future. Um, and I guess that's what we're looking for from Noxy. But with Mitch Rob, BBD, I mean, is it is it as simple as, hey, you got to be more aggressive? Or is it, hey, um, you know, we've got a good matchup tonight and things are going to work out more? Or what What do you want to see more from Mitch Robber? I mean, are we are we all right with what we're seeing?
0: And I, I'm pretty content with what I see on the floor for the most part. It's kind of the same thing everyone's always said about Mitch Robber. He just has to be able to stay on the floor. I pre- it's pretty rare that I see him do something out there other than fouling where – that come away like mad at something he did he's capable of doing some pretty cool stuff on the basketball court he can he can really embarrass some guys uh just Mm. the the way he can get up and down uh so i I love watching mitch robinson and uh you know same story it's kind of always been if he can just not foul out uh we're in good shape he had he had that run a couple weeks ago where he wasn't fouling anymore then he, he picked up the fouls a bit towards the end of December, and now he's hitting a little bit of a groove where he's finding a little bit of the, of the middle ground there. He's got you know four fouls a couple nights ago, uh, three fouls against Phoenix. Don't know what he got today. Um, but that Portland game, he showed exactly what he can do if he stays completely out of foul trouble. He fouled once, got to put up 11 shots, made all 11 of them, uh, a lot of them really cool alley-oops. He can pull in some boards. Uh, we know he's good at blocking. He didn't do it in that game, but you know, he, he is one of, he has some of the most raw talent I've like ever seen in a player.
1: Yeah. It's kind of crazy. If this, <laughs> if this was 1998, we would be freaking out about Mitchell Robinson. Um, and now I, Jakey monthly stats. Now, I guess this is my thing, but his minutes per month have gone up each month. That's good. Um, his rebounds—I uh, mean, his rebounds took a big jump last month. Did the blocks go up? Um, no, not including the first month. But he's and and he did get nicked up to start. Yeah. Start this season. Um, so you know may, maybe there's a little bit of that tied in. I mean, the field goal percentage is pretty off the charts. Um, he's he's going to finish as one of the league leaders there. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm interested in, and I'll have to kick this back to Tommy, Ken, Greg, and some of the other gang, but it's, it's, it's what will make it more. I mean, cause, cause you know, like th- these past two games against the Clippers and Phoenix coming off the big Portland game, he plays 20, 21 minutes and 22 minutes respectively. He has three fouls in each game. Um, so I wonder, I mean, is it just game flow and there, there's some days where he's not the perfect fit? Um, or, or is it something else? Because, I mean, when you, I guess if you zoom out and you think about Phoenix and someone like DeAndre Ayton, uh, you'd think that'd be a guy, if Mitch Rob only has three fouls, keep him out there. Or, or even Aaron Baines, like, come on. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess that's a little something to watch out for. Uh, yet at the same time, he's averaging in the three games this month, the three games this past week, 24 and a half minutes, which – is kind of what we expected from Mitch. So, I don't know. I guess that's something I need to wrap my head around a little bit. Um, what else, BBD? Oh, I, I guess it's the best topic in Knicksland. Marcus Morris is a nut job. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> I, that, that That's Marcus like the, Morris, most, <laughs> that's the most sports radio I've ever been. Who is this guy, Marcus Morris? <laughs> um, but, dude, a 38 spot tonight? Like, we all would have lost that bet coming into
0: the season. If you told me he like would have ever gotten thirty points I just said like wow, that probably happened once and it was just kind of a weird night but he's done it this is his like third thirty point game this year putting up and putting up thirty eight tonight uh the three point shooting's been insane the last few years of his career he's been you know a very capable three point shooter but I mean, what he's doing this year he's been the best three point shooter in basketball, which is not at all what we thought we were getting when he uh was supposed to be with San Antonio and ended up with us. He's not even supposed to be here.
1: Yeah, literally.
0: <laughs> yeah. just
1: Literally. Like,
0: like um, my mind's really been racing. Like, wh- like what is going to happen at the deadline with him? What are they going to get? Um, Like, what team ends up pushing for him? Because he's kind of, like, the quintessential guy that a contender adds to their roster to just be, like, Uh, a playmaker of sorts off the bench and and give you know the defensive effort that he's given his whole career um and i mean
1: who who even says off the bench i mean we can start people have been talking about the clippers Mo harkless has been pretty bad this year um uh, we'll see if anything manifests there but yeah he goes six of seven from three today he was four of eight the game before that um I mean, he's, as I mentioned, Lou Williams, he's 38th in the NBA in points per game, which, again, that, that wasn't even offered as a bet that we would have lost before this season. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of everyone thought this was going to be fool's gold through, what, the month of December, when, or excuse me, in November. He shoots 56% from three on six attempts per game. We're like, okay, this this isn't real life. Um, and, I mean, those numbers aren't real life, but it kind of is. He's been balling out. Um, I, I guess let's do it now, BBD. What Do you think he's being traded, and do we get a package for him?
0: I mean, I think he's getting traded because it's what I would do, but I guess it's not really the way to gauge the Knicks. Um but uh, I do think he'll get moved because it, it just makes too much sense to of him, even though he does want to be here and he's played well and seems like everyone on the team likes him. I guess I don't know. I'm not on the team, but we haven't heard any rumblings that anyone dislikes him. He's just he, he's been all positive as far as being a member of the New York Knicks. I, I think he's got to be moved just because he is an expiring deal um, and, and he has. Old crazy high value right now
1: isn't that kind of funny like if we I, I made three betting references in my last spiel but if if there was something that everyone around the NBA would point to maybe we have to go dig up some tweets because I'm sure Bill Simmons has a good one out there um, <laughs> but I mean Marcus Morris was the guy that we kind of thought was going to be a liability coming in we thought he he might get in the way of the offense. He might be problematic for the young guys, et cetera, et cetera. He's got a little bit of a history. No, the dude Not has he has been this team. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it makes your head spin a little bit, and I'm sure the rest of the league and, and some of these GMs that are looking to add a body were saying – yeah, let's let's wait for Marcus Morris to have a couple bad games. Maybe we'll offer them a late second and go from there. Um, I don't know. the The Marcus Morris stuff is very real, and he he is balling out, and it's awesome.
0: I'm um, yeah, I'm starting to get like greedy on what I'm thinking the Knicks should be like getting for him.
1: And I I think <laughs> it's okay to do that at this point. I'm not saying expect it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying expect it because this. This is also a podcast last year where we discussed if we could get a late first for Noah Vonleh, um, and spoiler, that did not happen. Um, so I mean, I, I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna get myself excited for anything, um, but he's been balling out. If if he does get flipped, I mean, it, he'd be like one of the one of the better contracts <laughs> that the Knicks have put together in a while.
0: Um, he's a free agent; he can come back next year if he wants, and if the Knicks are. Are fully going for the playoffs next year, which we think they will be by then. Oh God, don't, uh, don't even BBD. Just do not don't even. We're not trying to win anything. Just, you know, uh I don't even want to put that that evil in the world. Yeah, but no,
1: it's it's too early to get that dreamy.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've talked myself a little bit like back from what I was thinking. Where I was thinking like, oh man, I'm I was starting to. Like go a little nuts with like, all right, someone's got to give us kind of like a young piece and a first hell, maybe another for him. He's expiring. You get the money off the books as well. And he'll help you this year. Um, I backpedaled a little bit because, uh, you know, time passed and I thought for more than five minutes about it. Uh, but maybe if something comes of, you know, Reggie Bullock's uh, a reasonable contract. He's making – as close to nothing as he really could be and he's looked good. So maybe you, you throw him in there uh, as like a cheap add on. So another team is getting like two good pieces. They can give you a crappy contract back to for salaries, all that. And then you get like a couple nice things back in return, whatever that means, whether that's young talent or, uh, or future draft capital, either way is good with me. Mm. Um, So that's where my mind started going. so I guess, and we've got like, a m- month right until the deadline something like that um yeah so a lot a lot can go wrong so hopefully things start moving soon and the Knicks do something while morris is is on the, the highest trade value he's ever really had and you know portis is trending in the right direction there his contract's weird though um so hopefully something good happen soon but
1: yeah, and just uh, a random, totally random Google search I just did. Chris Stapps Porzingis was traded on February 1st last year. I think that's right. Um, so, I I don't know. So, something to look out for, I suppose. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I Maybe it's still New Year's brain. Maybe it was me thinking Marcus Morris was going to fall out. I, I got to look at the trade pool a little bit more around the league uh, and see what else is out there. Uh, Marcus Morris has been balling out. He deserves nothing but love. Um, and, and BBD, I, I think, you know, Frank had a nice week. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it to you in a second. If there's any other dudes that, that you want to talk about 10 helpers from Frank in that game, that was beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. and playing aggressive. That's isn't, isn't he lovely? Um, and Julius Randall, a name we haven't talked to him a lot this episode, um, he, uh, and, and I saw, I mean, you guys talked about him a lot last episode, so I'll, I I kind of wanted to let it go a little bit. I'm going to kick it to my dude, Mike Miller, man. Um, dude, he is coaching him up, um, and we're, we're playing fun basketball, and it's kind of where we opened, and Big Baby David, if you remember, I have Jake Stat of the day. Was that what I called it? I don't even remember.
0: Something like that.
1: Something like that. Yeah, uh. You know, in the same area code, um, yeah. so I wanted to I wanted to look something up. Um, so, a I did win loss record. You know, big analytics here. <laughs> um, <laughs> at, at, as we know, Fizdale was four and eighteen. Uh, Miller, he's six and eight. He was six and six. Couple, couple close losses in there. But either way, um, you know, w- we know that that's better. The one thing I wanted to look up, because like, like we did for a month there or so, was just beg for good basketball. Under Fizdale, we had three losses greater than 25 points. Three losses greater than 25 points. Under Miller, zero. Um, so again, I know 25 isn't the best number. If you lower it to 20, things change a little bit. But it's something, and I I think... It's not just like, okay, yes, Marcus Morris did go six of seven for three today, but we're watching offense. I know, and if, if you guys don't follow him on the Twitter sphere, follow Tommy Piccolo because he's got pretty good basketball knowledge on some of this stuff. But the Knicks are running a more flowing offense. They're spacing better. And basically, any keyword you hear in NBA circles, the Knicks are doing better now uh, with their new head coach. They
0: are playing like. Real basketball, not getting embarrassed, uh, which, you know, all the stats you just said show. Um, and, yeah, Tom's been putting out the good videos showing, like, they're running real offensive sets and actually coming in with, like, game plans that <laughs> kind of work. And they sometimes, like, adjust during the game, which have become foreign concepts to, uh, to the Knicks over the last several years. But – uh, but it's like fun to watch. I don't dread watching the Knicks as much as I often do. Wow
1: put put that on the tombstone oh. um, yeah and we uh, I'm interested you know i I say this way too often but what I stumbled into this episode the first quarter blitz um you know we hung the four five on the clippers in the first so we put a 37 I think on Phoenix in the first quarter. And I think a little bit of that does tie into game planning and what you're going to run and that kind of thing. So, uh, hey, maybe, again, I'm overreaching with, with uh, Mike Miller, but at the same time, it feels like every day David Fisdale becomes a worse head coach.
0: Yeah, because I, I I was among the people that said, you know, I I, I don't think Fisdale was helping anything, uh, but, like, this isn't really his fault that the Knicks are in a bad position. And to an extent, that's true, because the front office is still overall a mess. But, geez, the more I've watched the Knicks play, like, competent 500 basketball with Mike Miller, the more it's like, okay, yeah, so Fizdale was brutal, huh? And uh... and
1: it kind of it, it sends you down a wormhole as a Knicks fan. I mean, it it makes you wonder... Did they know Fisdale was this bad of a coach? Did, um, it, What would it have looked like if we had a full year of Mike Miller? And I I don't know. I, I said this at the time of the hire that I was somewhat hoping. Well, I was hoping Miller would look solid and get the opportunity because he won G League Coach of the Year and it seemed like dudes liked him. And I'm hoping to get a good coach and not a flashy hire necessarily. But... um. Oh man, Leo and Brad just came out for the Golden Globe, so I might be lost for the rest of this. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh it it's been cool to see and I mean, I I think if he continues I was going to do a 6 and 8 winning percentage, but if the Knicks keep playing 6 and 8 ball the rest of the season, whatever that comes out to. I mean, is it almost is it a no-brainer he comes back or are they gonna open it up? I I mean, again, this starts getting scary cuz we're getting in Knicks executive heads. But um, <laughs> Very hard I,
0: heads to predict.
1: Is there anything you could point at right now where if, if they keep this up that they shouldn't bring him back?
0: I I don't see a way that I'd be like, ha- I don't see anybody they could bring in. And I guess we don't know who would potentially be available this summer uh, if they do open up the, the search. But I don't see any way there's somebody else who they bring in that makes me like more excited than Mike Miller. Um, even if I think they're good, I think Mike Miller could also be good. And I, I guess we don't fully know, and we still got to see what this whole year gets, gets to because they can finish right around, I don't know, 30 wins, which I guess is what we thought they'd get at the beginning of the year. Yeah, um, that was
1: that was the original <laughs> over-under. I bet, I bet a lot of guys were counting their Vegas ticket, and now they aren't.
0: <laughs> yeah, jeez. No, oh, God. they were at like a 13 win pace or something when Fisdale was fired. So really, if Mike Miller was here the whole time, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, um, but also like would world. I have wanted to make the playoffs. If you told me at the beginning of the year, I probably w- I think I said, no, I don't want to make the playoffs because I still want to take a chance on the lottery odds. Um, but I would have fine with being competitive. And that's what the Knicks are right now.
1: Oh, man. I just saw Gwyneth Paltrow. She's still got her fastball. Um, BBD, any, anything else on the Knicks? I, I think I think we covered a lot, and my mouth is starting to hurt a little bit. Um, we've got uh, at the Lake Show, at Utah, versus New Orleans, and versus Miami this week coming up. So uh, we could be saying different things about Coach Mike Miller. This, <laughs> in.
0: this week could go any way. Just realistically. Yeah, I guess Um, guess
1: the Pelicans haven't been great, and we have them at home. That's a Friday night ESPN game. That's kind of fun. uh,
0: Is that going to be Zion's debut? That, like, got into my head the other day because I know he did, like, a full practice the other day.
1: I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Um, if you're a Knicks fan, maybe buy a ticket just in case that happens. <laughs> um, and if
0: not, that's a winnable game. So yeah, it's a winnable uh, game anyway, yeah. I guess. But
1: that that's win win win. Um, yeah. So we a couple tough ones at LA, at Utah, and at Utah is a back to back, which makes the Lakers game almost the more winnable game. in, in those two, um, New Orleans, Yup, Miami. I think last I checked, they were third in the East. Um. So yeah. Uh. Interesting week of in Knicks basketball. Four four games. Three of them look real tough on paper. Um. Interested to see how that plays out. BBD. Anything for the close?
0: Uh. Nah. Nah. We're good.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. Um. Go follow Big Baby David on the Twitter sphere. Uh. Check me out. Check out Talking Knicks. If you've listened to this, leave a five star review. I think we did some really good stuff. Talk about. Two decades of Knicks basketball in one podcast. Um, Thank you guys again, Greggy. (laughs) Greggy Poon had some technical errors, so sorry, sorry. He dropped off. Uh, We'll get him next time. Um, But hey, thanks for talking Knicks to us, and let's go Knicks.
0: Let's go Knicks.